Let's go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back. I am Paul, and with me today are Luke, Dave, and first-time guest Chase. We are Benchtown TV, and we are back with another installment of Pitchtown TV, where we all watch the first episode of a new series as rookies, which a vet recommended. At the end of the episode, we will all announce whether it is an immediate binge, whether we put the show on our list, or if it's just not for us and we will not be watching. We have covered previous uh, Pitchtown shows, such as the OA, Manifest, The Last Kingdom, Winona Earp, some we like so much, we actually went on to watch the entire show and had season recaps. But our vet this time that recommended the show is actually our guest and our good friend, Chase. He is a fellow nerd who closely follows plenty of fantasy and sci-fi. So he knew the show would be right up our alley. So Chase, give us a little intro and a quick pitch uh, that you would give to someone who has never watched this show before. Did you say the name of the show yet? I don't think I did. No, you didn't. Guess what, guys? Chase, let's uh, let's let him intro it. (laughs) Hey, uh, thanks for the intro, Paul. Um, The show that we're going to be talking about is Raised by Wolves on HBO Max. Uh, So thanks for having me, guys. I'm real excited to be here on Benchtown TV. So the reason I wanted to pitch this show to you guys was because, um, as you know, you mentioned I'm a big sci-fi fan. I know you guys love a little bit of sci-fi. So the show is basically about a group of, well, two androids who are sent to Kepler B-22 in you know the distant future. I think it's like 130 years in the future um, from now. And their whole objective is to raise humanity on the planet as a new beginning. And um, the show covers a lot of crazy stuff, but it's mainly about the struggle between religion and scientific beliefs in space um, under the premise that humanity is like on its last leg. And there's basically this huge war between two factions going on in the background. We get to see everything that happens on the new planet that they arrive on. And it's uh, a pretty exciting and philosophical ride, I would say. Yeah, this is like perfect timing for this because we've had Raised by Wolves pitch down with Chase on the schedule for fucking months, like forever. And it actually worked out really well that we kept pushing back because season two just dropped within the last month, right? Yeah. So it's just like perfect timing. I've been interested in the show since it came out. It didn't get a, a lot of marketing, so I didn't I didn't really see a lot of people talking about it on social media or anything. We barely even talked about it amongst ourselves, but I've always been kind of interested in it. And when Chase brought it up, I was like, perfect, perfect reason to dive into it. I love sci-fi. Just right up my alley. I love, you know, this is just perfect show. And it's the director's Ridley Scott. So another big name out there. I will say, though, no notable actors that I recognize. So that's sometimes a great thing. And because I don't think I know anybody in this show yet. This is a nice change of pace for me. I feel like we've been leaning a lot towards fantasy recently. And that's just because of what's been airing. Like we just did The Witcher. Obviously, we just covered Last Kingdom. And I was talking to Chase prior to this. And I was like, you know, I don't remember my last sci-fi show. It was probably Westworld. And I didn't even finish season three of Westworld. So it's been a few years since I've gotten anything sci-fi. Well, if you can count Rick and Morty, which I guess some would, then I've seen that. But it was a nice change of pace. It was nice getting a little outer space action, some distant planets. Uh, it's a, a genre that I haven't tackled in a minute, but I'm excited to get into. This was a very good first episode for sure. Yeah, Chase, I have a few questions that we should probably get right out of the way. And you as our veteran, of course, have all the answers. So just to clear it up, what they are on right now. Well, I, what I will the- say, though, real quick, is that we're going to 
do no spoilers for those listening. So we're only going to stick to the contents of season or of episode, episode one. of episode one. And Chase will do his best to dodge any questions that he might think are a little, you know, over the top for potential spoilers. So sorry to cut you off, Paul. I just wanted to give the viewers that. No, definitely. That was definitely good to say. Um, so yeah, Chase, if you know the answer is a spoiler, you could just be like, hey, just watch and find out. But the planet they are on is Kepler B twenty two. Yeah. So, so th- th- this is a planet very far away from an uninhabitable Earth. Yes, it's actually a real planet in our. Well, I guess it's not in our solar system, um, but it is considered scientifically, I think, the closest, uh, most likely habitable planet to our solar system. So it's in the Goldilocks zone where yeah. water is liquid. Yeah, I they did. So they did say that, and that's awesome. Like, well, if this doesn't work out, then we need to find another planet in the Goldilocks zone. And mm-hmm. the Goldilocks zone, for those of you who don't know, are just uh, it's a planet that has all the qualities of Earth, and it's not too hot, not too cold. It's just right. Mm-hmm. Hence Goldilocks. Um, ah, and, I didn't know that. You never heard <laughs> yeah. you know that? No, I never knew that. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this planet seemed to be just right. But that being said, five of those little babies did die. So I don't know. It's hard to tell. <laughs> well, well, one thing I'll say, like, the beginning right off the bat just goes zero to a hundred. Like you see nukes dropping right away. You could just tell earth is fucked mm-hmm. and like people basically just had to get the hell out of there. And then you quickly find out throughout this episode that there is a huge religious war. And basically if you're atheist, you're getting hunted down to die by the religion. I think they're called the Mithrax. Yeah. Mithraic Myth- yeah. Mithraic. Okay. Yeah. And they're just, to me, they kind of look like Templars from Assassin's Creed. Yeah, they got that they, thing going on. They have the Templar uniform, which is pretty, mm-hmm. uh, it's like futuristic medieval. Paul, you've probably seen the episode of South Park, but when um, Cartman goes into the future to got, to get himself a, a Wii, he oh, freezes yeah. himself, but he ends up freezing himself for like hundreds of years. Instead of two weeks. Yeah, and it's in an era where atheism is dominant so instead of saying like god damn it they'll say like science damn you and like i was just getting a lot of that like with the robots talking about not liking religion i was like all right so we're like science guys i want to hear some science (laughs) damn yous at some point but it's the opposite of what you would think because for the most part in modern day like right now you would think that it would it would be like south park where the atheists come out on top but in this Mm -hmm. universe it's completely the opposite and religion is what wins out and i will say before i whoever wants to jump in the budget for this show is incredible. Like they have such a hot, like HBO went, it's HBO, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, they went all out for it. And just for that reason alone, it's almost visually just worth watching this new planet. Yeah, Ridley Scott show, you kind of have to go all out on. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the same thing. It's like you have the big name producer. You're not going to get a small budget here. You're going to, they're going to let, let ends fly here. Yeah. So to break down kind of the plot that, our mother here is dealing with um, to continue off of the atheist versus religion. So religions look down upon a robot basically giving birth and raising these kids. And that's exactly what the atheists are trying to do to save humanity. They're trying to send these mother and father androids out and then frozen embryos and then try to grow humanity up from in that new planet. 
that was a very interesting scene how when they were plugging like all the aux cords into her and yeah <laughs> i was very curious at first because they were saying like terms you would hear during childbirth like with the umbilical cords initiate and... trimester one yeah trimester yeah. one i was like okay like, i was like is this, a, is this a sex scene right now are we watching them do it right now? he plugs in the aux cord and it's just them having sex like that's all it is but she's like a barbie doll paul <laughs> she is like a Barbie doll. That was weird to see. She just smooth was all over. Laid there for nine months. That was crazy. I was just gonna say we can talk about some of the kids because I already want to bring up a theory that I had already. So the mother and father androids give quote unquote birth to six kids, and first of the issues that starts happening is that the uh, one of the children, Tally, goes off wandering and eventually disappears, and she's presumed dead later on. Eventually. We find out that four other of the kids have died from a disease where our main character, Campion, lives. But I think Tally, I'm going to say it right now, is alive. She'll come back in. I'm going to put it down in season two because we didn't get the on-screen death. She just vanished. So I got my, I got I my was, eyes on her. I was thinking that, too. And then I realized I don't think a four-year-old can survive by themselves without food or water on this weird planet. Dumb so, theory. Sorry, you're gonna have to keep correcting us on this term, but it's <laughs> uh what are they called again? Mithraic. Mithraic people yeah. land. They're kind of saying, like, oh, who, who else who knows what other people could have landed here if they've already done it? So maybe a random group of Somebody, you know, like sandwalkers or something. Scoops like, them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It could it could be a whole guardians of the galaxy and they just aliens come down, scoop up uh Yeah, child. Oh my god, there. I can't think of his name. Star Lord, Jesus. <laughs> well, well, okay. So oh, Campion yeah. too. Campion, yeah. uh, we Star get Lord. Campion, the the last to be birthed, aka uncanned, um, and he comes out with not a heartbeat. And right away, we kind of get like mother and father disagreeing on some of the fundamental things that they should be doing and believing in. Because immediately, father's like, grind him up, feed him, feed his nutrients to the other ones. And the mother's like, all right, just give me a second. So that was cool how he got the name. You know, they show he's the last to be birthed and Campion, a strong name. And I laughed because he was the one that wasn't, he was technically the weakest, you know. But um, always the runt. That's like the main character, right? Like Jon yeah. Snow, just like very like main character esque. Yeah. And we start to see a little bit of a uh, mother's motherly capabilities, <laughs> uh, you know. Hence yeah. The name. Yeah. I guess it was the warmth. Of her circuitry. Maybe it was her little humming song. You never know. That was, that was a good it's, song. It's a mystery there. I do that like was... the dual personalities of the robots, though, because, you know, Father was very, he, he had jokes, man. Father had some jokes at the ready and was a very, he didn't seem too serious. Like he knew what his mission was at the end of the day and obviously was willing to do what it, he could to help that mission. But he wasn't, he didn't have a stick up his ass like Mother did. Yeah, it was, it was some weird vibes get, we were getting from her. And it's weird to kind of, you have to question what was exactly programmed into her to make her act this way. And hopefully that's something we can get to eventually revealed about where these androids even came from. That exactly. was something I was super interested in because there is one quote that I forget if it's mother or father says it, but they're referring to the create their creator's intention. And it's in the context of whatever the quote is, it sounded like it was one person. So I wonder if this is, I don't even know what to compare it to, like iRobot, where there is a single creator of these androids and it kind he must have been on the atheist side. But at the same time, the the Mithraic people have androids themselves. 
So I don't know if it was all from one side or not. I really don't know what to believe, but you would think the intentions of whoever their creator is, is very important. And that's got to come back into play, I would guess. Yeah. So um, in that scene with the babies, when they're uh, birthing them, she does say, you know, mm-hmm. oh, that's a fitting name after our creator. So Campion okay. is named after the creator. That's that's mentioned um, during that scene. But we will get later in the in the season a little more backstory into their creation um, and the whole struggle that happened on Earth between the Drakes and the atheists. Making me want to watch it. It's making <laughs> me want to watch. It. You're doing a good job pitching. Chase, I have a uh, question for you. So one of the names that I wrote down that had caught my eye was soul. Obviously, that's a big uh, term. I don't know where from exactly, but I know soul, you know, is like sun god kind of thing or like related to the sun. Um, was that the the leader of the Mithraics? I can't remember. Like that was just the, the only name that I really wrote down besides the main characters. Yeah. So as far as we've seen, um, we don't know too much about about their religion exactly we know a little bit um soul is the name of what i presume would be their god okay that's and, what i assume. you know see they have the sun patch on their on their uh, chest like all their stuff has the sun so um you know it's like a little futuristic type of religion i would say um soul being the sun and them being in space is just kind of cool but um the mighty sun and <laughs> i mean that makes sense for the for the symbol of their religion but Dave was saying this actually off pod before we even started, but I love in fantasy and sci-fi when religion's brought into it and it's done in a really good way. Cause I, maybe it's because I hate religion so much in real life that I think <laughs> that when you can take it to the extremes and like start making parts of it, like, you know, more mythical, it's way more fun for me. So that's why I like, I love shit like this. So mm-hmm. I really hope they do lean into some of this because they start going out into the episode about the prophet. And like, obviously that's, they think it's going to be campion and maybe it is maybe it isn't and i would like them to keep playing into that and like up in the ante of how mysterious that becomes because that's just fun tv yeah. for me already within this genre this is already something different i feel like with a lot of sci-fi shows at least the ones that i can remember watching you know religion isn't a huge part of the show or you know if it is it's only mentioned subtly and people just kind of follow but i think it's a nice blend of being able to go that science route while also incorporating how religion either negatively or positively impacts the science and i'm sure they're going to get into it too because you know mother she talks about how society it wouldn't be what it is today without science you know and blames a lot of the religious issues on their technological stunts which we could we can obviously relate to today's society or at least our history so i think it's a really cool topic to bring religion into space shenanigans essentially it's nice when uh, religion and science comes together to jump up back to that, Luke even said, you know, the prophet line, which was insane. You know, they, you, you love a good prophecy, you know, <laughs> they've been waiting for one. They finally find a kid all by himself with one Android protecting him. Um, and they think this is the one that's going to save them. We didn't get a whole lot. I don't want to get too much spoiled, but what, what was the one exact line from the Mithraic? Do you want the specific line? The cleric and the other, I guess they call him like warrior. Marcus. They say his name. If oh, that's so they say Marcus. Him. Yeah. But yeah. it's the two guys that are with Marcus at the gotcha. beginning when they show up at uh, the camp that uh, mother, father and camping are located. They're in the like little bubble room. And, and he said, the first guy completes the first part of it. He says an orphan boy mm-hmm. who dwells in an empty land. And then the cleric finishes it with 
will discover the Mithraic mysteries. Mm, that's so the line. there's a little bit of prophecy here, which we hear about, which is interesting. And it kind of adds to this whole backstory that we just, we don't know too much about, but it makes it a lot more interesting. It, it literally gives us a mystery. It tells us, right. Hey, yeah. he's going to, mm-hmm. you know, just, he's not even going to find his answers. He's going to like discover mysteries. That's mm-hmm. nuts. And the one thing obvious that's very glaring uh, early on with Campion is that mother is teaching him and Spiria Spiria about the ways of atheism, essentially, and science and all that stuff. And we already see Campion has a little bit of an interest in religion. You know, he's he we saw we caught him praying a little bit later in the episode. He was asking questions about religion like, okay, well, if science obviously isn't going to heal, I already forget her name. Spiria. Uh, Spiria. Spiria. Then what about prayers? And the mom just shoots that down immediately. So Campion, I hate to do this to two people who haven't seen Last Kingdom, but Luke getting some Uhtred vibes here. Just destiny is all a little <laughs> bit fluctuating between uh, one side that he grew up on and another side that he might be raised into. So definitely yeah, it was, think it'll be a good, good character. It was interesting because father walked in on Campion praying and mm-hmm. he didn't seem to mind nearly as much. He was like, just don't let your mother see you because she'll freak out. He is just so the beta of these two. Ah, I liked him more though. <laughs> yeah, you, but, yeah. Do, you, do, do you disagree? Like the mother, uh, she wears the pants. I'm mean, happy wife, happy life, man. She's definitely stronger. <laughs> so, well, wait, yeah. okay. So, I mean, this is a little bit jumping ahead too, but what did you think about like their relationship? Because it obviously devolves to the point where she rips whatever that thing was out of him that seemed to be powering him up. Like, like his he, heart, basically. Like, yeah. what is, do you guys think? Is he coming back? Was he just a one-off character to intro this world? Like, what did you guys think? Well, that's interesting. I didn't think about him coming back because I figured, you know, he's dead, he's dead. But now that you mention it, that would be cool if he, or I'm sorry, if she got his heart and was able to plug it back in and basically it might not be like the same body, but it's like the same android with the same memories or whatever when something like this happens i feel like obviously my gut instinct doesn't think he's dead but because he's an android it could be possible to restart his harder and place him with another one i think i would be surprised if they brought him back the only reason i think they could is because i feel like campion obviously eventually has to learn about his mother kind of becoming a little bit more destructive and the only person that knows is the mother or father so and i don't think the mother would be so willing to tell him how destructive she is so that's where i'm like okay maybe i could see it coming back but i i for right now i'm gonna say he's not making appearance again i was just gonna say we didn't really talk about how mother starts to like kind of malfunction a little bit Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what leads to her fighting father and then basically destroying him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she was spitting yeah. milk everywhere. Yeah, there's there's something going on there. I don't know uh, what you guys thought about the whole situation. She says she's overloading, yeah. I think is like her words, but first time she started lactating from her eyes or nose or whatever it was. It was something about the kids and she was getting super emotional because they were disagreeing and kind of fighting and then she, she had like her first freak out. But they also mentioned how androids without you know maintenance will deteriorate over time and kind of wind down so i I wonder if it's like a mixture of her breaking down somehow malfunctioning to this crazy psychopath level of being able to kill all these people or if it was like her actual 
prime directive that she was programmed to do is like fucking kill everybody around and just raise this kid. I don't know. It could be either or that raises the question. Is she going to be the main antagonist? Because I thought that the Mithraics were going to be the main antagonist, but also at the same time, I feel like she's evil as fuck, like considering the last couple of scenes. So like, to be honest, that makes me feel a little safe here because I know Campion being the main character won't die early. But because of that, I don't care who else dies because I feel like they're all bad guys. Like, isn't not everybody else just kind of who cares? It's kind of like father, but, you know, it's hard to trust him. Definitely. The one quote I wrote down, it was literally like the first quote we get is father and mother will always keep us safe. And maybe because we have a podcast and I'm a little bit more like pinning these kind of notes and quotes, but I don't think the mother's the bad guy here. That's just what I'm going to believe for now. I, Paul, you said I robot. And that also made me think of a theory for this is that maybe father was kind of like that. I forget what the robot's name was in that movie, but Sonny, Sonny, Sonny yeah. Like Sonny where maybe Will Smith, awkward timing, awkward <laughs> yeah. timing. True, true. Awkward timing. Bad bring time. it up. But I'm just thinking maybe the creator did something a little bit different in the programming of father because father didn't really show any malfunctions and they did throw that bait line in there, Paul, like you said that, Oh, over time, naturally they just start to deteriorate. And like, it was even a shock for them to even have survived that long on this planet as androids. I'm thinking maybe if he is important, maybe he was, his designs were a little bit different. And that's why him and mother weren't so eye to eye on a lot of the topics that they were doing. Well, one thing that comes to mind about that is that when the other android comes to the planet, that's with the religious group, he quickly realizes that she's a different model. So I'm, I'm thinking that maybe the father's even a lesser model so like that could be part of it too i was shocked that obviously she got the upper hand there because when they said that i was like okay if she's a low-end model i 100 percent thought she was going to die there i did not expect her to do what she ended up doing in that scene yeah i thought she was done too dude yeah. that was fucking awesome that- he just goes to war <laughs> like right away he just starts like popping her in the neck and shit like uh, that was another thing obviously i want to get answers on is the looking at them when she came in on in battle mode whatever you want to call it marcus is the first one to say don't look at her eyes and then the other two look at her eyes and their faces become like inside out so basically that wasn't from the screams i couldn't tell because she also does so that i thought all it was the time. i think there's two different ones i think there was looking her in the eyes correct me if i'm wrong it's like what melted their faces or whatever and then she also had to scream which would just make them explode from like the mm. inside out expert you want to chime in here without spoiling if it's possible mm. <laughs> well t- to be quite fair she uses these like weapons that she has i guess and i'm not 100 percent certain the scientific uh explanation of it's <laughs> she uses her eyes to melt their face but it seems like using her eyes is when she face melts and then her scream is just an absolute explosion of the body yeah. which it's like a, a bomb little, uh, a whole insane thing like overkill you know, it works pretty well, though, yeah. honestly. It, it felt like an anime to me, honestly. The way she was just, she comes out of that spaceship and just starts screaming repeatedly, and each one of them is blowing up. That was so yeah. wild. And they had nothing they could do, which is like, okay, is this because the religion is just so far behind the atheistic technologies? They have no idea how to even defend about, from this at all. Like they had guns and were trying to shoot it, and it was just, she was eating it up. She was laughing. She's definitely different than father, obviously. She had those dreams where she was talking about flying, and we see her hit that transformation where it becomes she becomes that bronze statue. So maybe... So do you think that was dreams or flashbacks to the war on I Earth? I think it was flashbacks. Like, So I think she's going to be... 
maybe I said this about father, but I'm thinking it maybe now for her that she's low key, like a high, super high end model and is able to do all this stuff. But she comes off as one of the older ones. Why would father not also be as well? You know, favoritism. I don't know. Maybe he could be in this girl. I'm saying he could be too. And he just never like, you know, kicked into it. And uh, so if he does come back into play, maybe we get, two little bronze T-pose and statues flying around space. I actually watched this episode twice. And the second time during that scene, I noticed like when it does flash back to Earth real quick, if that is Earth, there was a second one in the air. It's definitely going to be multiple because originally I thought Mother was like the alpha alpha of all of the androids. And she was probably part of the reason that Earth had to go to war and stuff. But I guess not. It seems like it is. There's going to be multiple people that can do that when she goes full T-mode. Jarvis. Yeah, how about the T-pose? Yeah. It was like so funny, sweet. dude. I was like, are you kidding? Like, is this, is you're just glitching and that's your default stance? <laughs> I don't know, but man. That, it's, I think, I think the T-pose is, is uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, there's a lot I to feel unpack like, and, and you can read into it if you maybe do a rewatch, but I mean, you're going to learn so I, much in the, in the next couple episodes. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's not, we didn't just see her doing the tifos. I feel like we saw somebody else. So I feel like that'll come into play, whether it's like a salute or if it's like a praying slash ritual stance. I don't know, but I feel like we have not seen the end of the tifos, and it will be back. plenty. <laughs> that to me was like the craziest thing that happened in the show is when she like transforms for the first time. And Chase, I guess I'll ask you when you saw that, did you know anything going into it when you watched it for the first time? You nah, just kind of just I, picked up on it randomly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what did you think about, did you have any idea where the show was going at all? Like, did you have any theories? Do you remember? No, I was honestly <laughs> shocked. I was yeah. shocked when she does the whole T-pose. She starts flying, you know, hovering not too fi- high up, but like she just becomes an absolute weapon. And it kind of like snowballs when she starts having this malfunction. And then next thing you know, she's like the most powerful android ever she's obviously the most powerful person on this planet mm-hmm. um or well android on this thing, planet yeah. thing <laughs> thing yeah but um Kepler B22. No, i was i was absolutely surprised and and her whole like when she she gets on the ship and she absolutely dominates everyone on there like just explodes everybody rips this guy's eyelash off to change oh, the course God, of the ship was, how about yeah, that so that was, fucking wild oh my, that was oh my pretty God. intense i was like hey, what is she gonna rip the eyeball out why would she do she's gonna damage it and she's uh, like nope she just rips the eyelid off even on my rewatch, I was sweating. You know, it's like it's yeah. it's. What do you terrifying. do? What do you do? You get terrifying. a wet paper towel and just like. <laughs> I think that would not. I think you would want a dry paper towel personally, but. <laughs> I don't know, man. I would have just panicked up. and let her kill me. You're dead at that point, bro. I'm not fucking. It's letting you rip my eyelid off. It's cr- yeah. He probably we he, he went down with the ship and crashed with one eyelid. Might as well just die. <laughs> that was at least his worries. Yeah. So yeah. the funny thing about that quote too was. She says, "Don't struggle, and it won't hurt you." And it won't hurt you. <laughs> and she doesn't struggle, and yeah. it just crushes him. That's yeah. So um, I have a question, Chase. So after we get to the point where the Mithrax, con- Mithrax, kind of know that she's mother's an android, I actually really like that line because that I, thought was they so were, funny. I thought they were being so gullible, and then yeah. they were actually like, "Dude, she's obviously a fucking android. Like, what are we doing here?" Yeah. <laughs> but, right. Well, like Marcus and the other other mm-hmm. warrior, like they been on earth they know what androids look like they have the exposure yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah they're soldiers so my question is they say a line to i forget if it's directly to campion or the talk of the monks themselves but they say we have a thousand people on the ark so i guess and dave and paul tell me if you also agree with this is how you took it too was that ship 
all of the rest of humanity basically and that was the arc or i couldn't really get a good read on if that was like a subset of the arc or that was the the arc i really can't answer it because i'm not so sure myself there might be times in the season when they give you a little more insight into the arc but from what i remember i believe it is probably the only arc if not one of like only a couple and that makes oh, sense because then yeah. that would mean humans are truly endangered, like Father says, and like the war on Earth killed everybody except for the people on the Ark, plus all the people that the atheists sent out as like a backup plan. Yeah, that was absolutely nuts when, you know, you see her go up and kill everybody and you're like, okay, how far she's going to go? And all of a sudden you see the Ark crash and explode and you're like, oh my God, she just killed everybody. Um, the way I took it is exactly what you were saying, Chase, is I think that was one of maybe a few other ships Maybe there's like that was just like a smaller vessel, but again, like Earth or humanity is is pretty much screwed here. We're down to our last legs. And what about all those uh, animals that were on the ship too? Like they had deer and they had everything you need to cool. repopulate this planet. Extend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. If Mother actually gave a shit about you know making sure Campion grew up healthy, she would have used so many resources on that arc instead of just crashing it. Yeah, so, so you're an idiot. She goes a little overboard. And that yeah. was also another conflicting thought mindset that they father and mother had was that father actually wanted to intercept uh the Mithraic Ark and reach out to them and let them know that they that there were humans on the planet, whereas mother was very anti about letting them know and was well, surprised. It was because there was only Campion left and father was completely right for saying like, what we just wait until he dies because we yeah. can't reproduce no, anymore. Yeah. So, and he, yeah, he was like, he can't live here. He is dying. Those other siblings already died. Like was the mother only against it because she knew that they were Mithraic, like mm -hmm. religious people. Okay. So she just, so. she just does. She would apparently rather let her kid die than have him be raised by Mithraics, it seemed like. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think she still believes that she was capable of taking care of him, and Father obviously noticed that she's malfunctioning. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, it's better for him to be with people who he can live with instead of being stuck here with a malfunctioning android who's obviously dangerous after the last yeah. couple uh, moments. Uh, and speaking of danger, she goes on to mimic the voice of Speria and even go on oh. to look like her. And I was like, creepy. what the hell? And she was like, oh, yeah, I didn't know I could do that. Like, I just tried to do it. And I did. I was like, um, OK, so no wonder you're, you can kill everybody and do whatever you want. It's like you just think it up and you can do it. That actually reminds me uh, when she's heading into the arc, she like shapeshifts into Marcus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get in and like copies his voice as well, which is also insane. Like just out of the blue that she has these powers or these capabilities. Well, that yeah. just keeps the door wide open for infinite amount of theories at pretty much any point. So if we ever see anybody on screen that's a human, you can always like there can be theories now, which is honestly a cool little concept. But I don't know how it would work scientifically, but I want to get, <laughs> get your guys' thought on now that we're talking about a little bit about Android specifically and her. Whenever the, any android was talking in this episode, I was really trying to pay attention. And uh, the other android that arrives with the Mithraics, Jin, I believe his name is. To me, it seemed like Jin was a little bit more robotic in his talking. It, it felt not as advanced language speaking as maybe mother and father had. But if that will be a dead giveaway going forward, if people are human or not, you know what I mean? I felt like when Jin was talking to the Mithraics, like it was very 
what are your commands kind mm-hmm. of thing, just order them. And it was very monotone to S, whereas at least with father and mother, it felt like to me, they had a little bit more emotion in their speech. And that could be a result of the two sides. And the maybe, technology advances. Yeah, maybe yeah. there is truly just two two breeds of androids, like the atheist androids and the religious androids. And that I don't know, like, because, wow, I have so many fucking yeah, questions. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm thinking maybe the atheists built these androids father and mother not them specifically but the fighting androids in order to just protect their planet like a jarvis situation in mcu that tony star created jarvis in order to protect the planet at all times essentially and maybe that what the creator was doing the same thing like i want to keep the atheist safe i just how do they lose then because she just seems like she could tank our whole world and right they now. were su- i guess they weren't surprised about her abilities like they knew of her abilities so on them. unless there's truth behind the religion of the mithraics and there is like a, a god and like powers I, was maybe, I was also trying to think that oh maybe the big twist is the atheists are the bad people in this and the religion is going to come out on top it's that'd be so interesting so obviously the story of adam and eve you know we got our adam and eve characters and mother and father creating humanity as it is but what i like about this type of this story specifically is that there's science in this adam and eve story so immediately when they're on the planet you know they're doing farming to create crops to help keep the kids alive and they dig up a dinosaur bone which i was actually kind of surprised that would even be there it looks it open a, because it's it kind wasn't of like, a dinosaur it was um a snake what did they yeah, because call they it? say the later when father i think is trying to go down and retrieve the ship i think campion says something like what about the snake monster or something and he says they're all extinct which, which means that they're definitely not all extinct and she we also was, saw the shedded skin so i don't she know she was bones. freaking out mother when she was digging all of them up she was like seeing all the skeletons and then like freaking out having a panic attack she was going around digging them all up and i was like why what are you what are you doing here what's going yeah, on okay so i wasn't crazy like she had actually dug up all those bones and put them in like perfect circles around each other is that what that was i thought that was like i couldn't tell if it was the bones or the crops that were coming out of the ground like that i believe it at the very start the circle is the crops but mm-hmm. um her and father do dig up the skull of that serpent and they just like lift it up with one hand yeah. yeah, showing how strong they are at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, they were and, like, uh, "Are ready on three. But three. Like my way or your way? Yeah, yeah. Go your way. All right. I don't Dude, know. That's I why I missed father because father had all the jokes. Father yeah, was man. like, "All right, like on three, three. What's the difference between? No, how did the? I don't even remember. The male but, man and the female no, man. No, the, the 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 male magnet and the female magnet. Oh, oh yeah. That what did the male? Yes. Yeah. Say to the female from behind. I was appalled, repelled. Repelled. Yeah, and looking at. Looking at you from the, the front, front of your question. Yeah, that makes he, a lot more sense than what I. He's heard. the king of comedy <laughs> over here. He's the funniest guy on Kepler B twenty two. Science jokes, baby. I was pissed. We didn't get to hear the yeah. second joke though. He was saying, "How many androids does it take?" And she's like, "Not yeah. now." And I was like, "Ah, come on, <laughs> let's." All, I want to hear some android jokes, dude. That was so funny. She mother picks him up on their fight and drops him on the tooth, the skeleton. And he goes. Mother, take me back to the base. I need a, I need assistance. I need medical assistance. It's like, dude, she put you there. You know that, right? She's not going to help you. But when I think of those skulls, I don't know why, but I, evolution is one of the first things that comes to my mind. And I think evolution could possibly be a huge thing in this story because that's one hot commodity that religion and non-religion people like have a big issue with. I just want to get that out there that I think evolution might have a, a big part in this whole thing. Yeah, well, Adam and Eve, and then 
evolution. Yeah, that's why it's like the opposite. No, no, that's, that, I'm saying like, that's why it's a different story, though. Is it's an Adam and Eve with the the science and evolution kind of thing. So. And so, does that make Campion Jesus because he is the prophet? I guess. Yeah. In a way. In a way, yeah. Damn. I didn't even put that part together, but give it give it to me. Yeah, yeah. Give me all the credit for this Dude, theory. You're so smart. Yeah, yeah. If you take the letters of Campion and rearrange them, they spell Jesus. Oh shit, I didn't even realize that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am Jesus, like I am Voldemort, Tom Riddle. But Luke said it already, the snakes aren't extinct. That's no just, fucking way. We saw the skin, and I, I just think that that's already enough to prove that there's gonna be one. So this is like dune for me where i was in dune they're talking about the sandworms i'm like all right just show me a sandworm and it was fucking massive and i'm like all right now just show me a snake i want to see a snake <laughs> i think that'll be next episode uh, chase i have a question yeah. is there anything to that moment pretty early on after tally died or maybe not died according to dave in the whole when lot. she picks up the doll and she just like howls like a wolf what was that I was I was waiting for someone to bring that up. It's I guess it's a nod to this whole uh, the title of the show, Raised by Wolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't really think that's ever developed like this wolf okay. personality thing. You know, when a, I guess when a wolf howls at night, oh, night or something, it's like yeah, they it's like a morning kind of thing. Yeah, I'd say it's a morning. Is that why she was freaking out when she was digging up all those bones because she's actually like a dog, like a wolf, and so Honestly. she was she was digging up all those old bones and was all excited. <laughs> With I mean, the bones, I don't know if she's actually freaking out. I think she just digs really fast because she's a super robot. So I'm not really sure if that has to do with her being the, the wolf. It was definitely interesting, kind of like mm-hmm. random. The, I think this show is going to be, it's going to be a make or break all on the back of Amanda Collin, who's the actress that plays the mother. Because I mean, off of the first episode, I feel like she's an amazing actress. And this has to be such mm-hmm. a good job as an actor because it gets, it allows you to show that range of playing a robot who's not supposed to be emotional, but also trying to fake emotion, but at the same time, actually having some emotion. If yeah. she is an AI, which I don't know if she is, or if she's just programmed as like a computer, then she should be capable of growing and showing empathy like she did because father was super surprised when she showed that empathy to Campion. Cause she father was like, he's dead. We got to feed him to the other kids right now. And she's like, hold on, relax. And she like has tears and stuff. So I'm hoping that she's like an AI that's kind of like learning and being able to grow and stuff because that I feel like she's going to make or break this entire show based on her performance because it's hard for a kid like Campion. I don't know how old the actor is, but it's hard for him to carry a show, even if he is the main character. But I don't know. So far, so good. I think Amanda's acting, Amanda Collins acting was A plus this episode, even though she's got to be evil as fuck. But yeah, I'd say one of the things I love about this show is they do dive into, you know, the question is, does an android what's programming and mm-hmm. what is actual feeling code what's, versus learning yeah, empathy exactly. and stuff. So yeah. you'll find out a lot more as the show goes on. There's a, a lot of new developments with her and I'm fucking it's, in. The only way I could think to say this is this episode is the most simple and straightforward <laughs> that this season will be. <laughs> I love to hear Every that. other yeah. episode is going to get a lot more complex and there's going to be a lot more philosophical ideas about robots, religion, science so it, i love all it's that. really good yeah that was a perfect pitch and i think that uh changes my answer for the end <laughs> what we're, what um, we're gonna say well chase end. did you so you've only seen the first season right you didn't, you said I, you yes, didn't see correct. season two yeah. yet are you going to obviously continue after we do this oh absolutely yeah, okay, yeah. we might be able to have a follow-up if we're all into it and we do watch it but yeah i mean i'm just i feel like there's there's so much potential here and there has to be more humans that's like the most important takeaway i have from the episode one is like if there's no more humans, there's no more drama and stuff. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing if, because Marcus clearly survived, 
right? Like he didn't get blown up by her right screaming. Up. So he's going to, mm-hmm. he's going to be an important character. And he's also the fourth actor's name on the, on the call sheet when you're like oh. looking at HBO. So I think he's going to be a big character and I'm, whatever his story is, is going to have to be something involving finding more humans. I'm guessing aliens too could definitely That'd be even like, more fun. Be oh other my. life. Cause we know there's these snake monsters or whatever on this Kepler B 22. Maybe there's, you know, other life out there that they encounter, Dude. which would be a whole nail in the coffin of the, the religious mythraics. Cause that's mm-hmm. like how, how are aliens explained by, I don't know the religion I'm making things up, here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that would be hype if some other life form comes in. Yeah. My biggest question in regards to characters well for marcus at least is you know what is he going to be doing now like we were talking about was that the arc is that everyone that he knows and they're all just gone or is he going to have some kind of backup place that he can radio into and call because it seemed like a lot of the people that we got introduced from the mithraic side were warriors and they you know they had the cl- uh, the cleric obviously now that we're talking it out a little bit more it made it seem like to me that there's probably a mothership probably like a planet sized ship of where the actual like housing is and then these are kind of like yondu's crew from MCU they're just going around picking up humans wherever they can find them and that's kind of what i thought of so you don't think that big ass ship that crashes was the ark you i'm going to say no i think that it? was a subset and that those kids that she picks up were just kids that they have been looking for around the universe mm. essentially yeah so. we didn't even talk about so, campion's new brothers and sisters actually i was going to say my point against that was going to be the fact that they were already incredibly religious but that would happen anyway if they got picked up. So it could be. Yeah, like they could have landed anywhere and like now they're just being fed the religion part of it. But yeah, we don't know how much time would have passed. So I guess you're right. It could That's on the table. That's what yeah. I just love. Any pilot that brings you like an, just enough answers to certain questions, but still leaves a plethora of unanswered questions. Like, I think that's just a knockout of the park for me. And this first episode did it perfectly. Like we get the backstory, a little bit of backstory in the war and how religion and atheism are battling it out and what everyone's ideas on our androids traveling through space. Like this is just gearing up to be endless possibilities of what this show could do. Yeah. Mother might be getting a second chance to raise more children again. You never know. Uh, yeah. So two of the kids are going to like turn to each other and be like, we Oh my raised. God, we're going to be raised by wolves. And I'll be sitting here <laughs> clapping like, yep. They said it. Yeah. Don't need to watch the show anymore. <laughs> But that about does it for me. Do you guys have any other things you want to talk about before we give our final uh, rating? I think I got most of my theories out of the way that I think Tally is going to be alive. I think there will be a main arc and more Mithraics out there. I guess one thing I'm just kind of asking myself is, will there be more religious factions being introduced in the future? Because it's just, I find it hard to believe that the only two, I guess I, no, it, I would it could guess be believable. Not. I don't know. Ten episodes, HBO. The world is this would take based, a lot of like, work. This is actually like supposed to be taking place like our society today, a hundred years in the future, right? Like, Earth existed, like Philadelphia, like all that stuff exists, right? Yes. Like, this isn't like it's a, supposed to be. I think one hundred and thirty years from present day. Philadelphia is probably exploded. that would be really okay. cool if if Earth could in one hundred thirty years determine like okay, let's just combine all the religions into the Mithraic religion and then. If you don't believe it, then get the fuck out. You know, that's like, pretty much what I'm getting. Okay. But one thing that I think we obviously need to talk about is what the fuck killed the kids. Like, why mm-hmm. is Campion alive? And like, uh, is it going to happen again? Like, was it? I'm I took the- it as the the habitat was just hostile and was not a 
built for humans to live on. So I mean, it was in a Goldilocks zone, but it wasn't perfect. Do you think Campion will eventually get the sickness or is there something special about him that makes him not sick? Like, how does that work? I figured he's still sick because even the father said, like, look at him. Like, he's still coughing. He's weak. If he stays here, he will die. So I figured he might get picked up by this Mithraic group, but I don't know anymore Mm -hmm. because that's kind of, you know, exploded. So I don't know if they're going to figure out a way to deal with it, but that's just the way I took it. Campion, obviously, we know was born, was just immediately dead. And the fact that Campion's even alive is a miracle in itself. Um, I took it as, yes, I agree with you, Paul, the terrain. I think Campion's is going to be a little bit more internal, maybe, I think. Maybe. It could be religious, too. Yeah, it could be religious. And okay, maybe he does permanently have this sickness, and he's just going to be a weak body going forward. But I don't know. I really have no idea. Chase, what if do you, you don't think, know, Chase? yeah, yeah. You, you're feel free to pitch in and just give, in a, give a thought. <laughs> you guys are doing great. It's just tough because there was that one line in there, too, when when the Mithraics show up to their to their homestead, I'm going to call it when Marcus is asking mother about like staying in there in that region. She says, like, it's kind of a shitty region. You should try the other side of the equator if it is environmental then that could make sense. Like mother's even saying like, yo, this part of the fucking world kind of sucks right now. Like go to the equator. And that would be really cool if we got a complete change of scenery on this world. And we did see other parts of it because it seems like Kelper B22 is going to, I would think it's going to be mostly taking place on this planet rather than it be like star Wars, like a space opera where we're jumping between planets. And if that's the case, I want a lot more color somewhere else on this Mm. because this is like a dry, like, Mm. Not a, yeah, pastelly. It's very yeah. pastel. That's uh, that's Ridley Scott for you. He likes the uh, the dark mm-hmm. uh, tones. My <laughs> my only issue with that, Luke, is because of how smart these androids are, or how smart I am assuming they're to be. Like, I feel like they would have picked up earlier on the fact that if it was the terrain, they would have moved to the equator like quicker. You know, like eight years ago when your first couple kids die, you would think, okay, maybe let's try moving to the equator. So you think she was just lying to get the other people out of there? I'm going to say yes. I think she was lying just to get the people out of there. But I don't really have much else to add, I guess. I think we covered a lot of it. Like we've been harping on, I just really want to get more backstory on the beginnings of this religious bout and how the androids came to be. Give us, a little, yeah. give us a little preview, Chase. What kind of plot points should we really be paying attention to here? Like, I want to know. You're setting them up for failure. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler free, obviously. I mean, I want I to mean, know. Obviously, you are going to learn the backstory on Earth. You're going to learn about a lot of character backstory, like like Marcus and people that are on the arc. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids, obviously, that that she brings in, yeah, are, are going to be really important plot points. I don't. I would just say nothing is as it seems. Um, <laughs> not everybody is. is uh, everybody a fucking android? They're all not. There's no humans that would left. Be the Everybody's twist at an the android. very end of the show. It's like they all take their faces off, and they're just all androids. That'd be crazy. I, I don't. Want to, I don't want to say anything else. But you can read into a lot of what happens in this first episode and. There's some things that stand out, like how some people. So, like they uh, did a, on a rewatch after knowing what happened, in season one, like episode one, did a good job of subtle things that. Oh yeah, I mean, oh, that's there's awesome. stuff that I like when I started watching episode two, the first time around, I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" And then rewatching this, this is probably the third or fourth time I've seen it. <laughs> the first episode, I'm like, "Yeah, they." They're telling us stuff, but they're not telling us. That's the best. I love that. I love that. They're planting seeds for the Garden of Eden. Yep. 
<laughs> the Garden of Eden, Adam <laughs> Eve, Jesus. This is literally the Bible, is what this story is. <laughs> this show is going to be something yeah. else. Off of that, I think are you guys good to give ratings? Because I'm, yeah, I'm I'll, ready. I'll, I'll give you mine right now. So wait, and hold on. I got to write these down because I keep the log of the book just to make sure I keep us all mm-hmm. honest. We're not guessing yeah. up our guests just because we're thanks brutally honest this, here. this one is going to be a binge immediately i mean with the second season just coming out the high praise of everything going on i mean i feel like it's got to be a good story and so there's so many questions i feel like i just have to keep watching and i, I at least get to answer a few mm-hmm. maybe i'm going to get a million more but i love this premise so far so okay. i'm all in thank you paul i'm having flashes of the oa pitch town we did because it's i'm I, like i loved this show so fucking like the first episode so much the mystery behind it this was a great first episode to just draw you in that doesn't give you too much information gives you a great amount of action in the end just a perfect pilot the only not what what is your i'm gonna delay, put, right? i'm gonna add it to the list that'll be add mine it to the list. add it to the list just because the only thing that stands in my way is the boys diabolical. And I just want to crank that out really quickly since it's, what is it like six, 15 minute episodes, eight, 15 minute episodes. So that's the only thing that I'm going to watch. So your caveat is that it's top of the list. Yeah. My caveat being that it's (laughs) going to be the second show I immediately binge. So, and I'm going to stay in that same vein and just say binge immediately. I pretty much knew going in that I was going to have this as one of my shows that I'm fucking watching the whole thing right now it's just so timely with the second season dropping the budget is all there i'm liking the acting from what i've seen so far and just it's been a minute since like you were saying earlier dave i haven't watched a good sci-fi show front to back in a while and the expanse is on my list but that's like five seasons like a lot going on there maybe it's even more than that it might be seven seasons or some shit so this was perfect yeah chase you, you gave us a good show it's like right up our alley enough mystery to really it, it would even be good in podcast form because it keeps you guessing and they're slow trickling that info and i'm just so curious at what happened on earth and then like I really love the profit line. I think that's like what's really keeping me going. I would love if they leaned into into Campion being something like a Jesus figure because that just seems like fun fantasy Dest- sci-fi. Destiny kind of is all. <laughs> uh, yeah. The last thing I'll say though, because if you're gonna, if you want to end it out here, and then Chase can say one more thing, um, is that I did see. I was just kind of googling around before we started this to make sure, like, if it got canceled or picked up for season three. And they're actually expecting news to come out over the next couple of weeks, so we'll know very soon if if HBO is giving it a third season. Because if it is, I'm pretty sure they're going to start filming right away. But it's all based on the numbers of how season two did, and I I don't have those numbers. Yeah, I uh, I don't want to confirm anything, but I would keep an eye out for a possible season one recap coverage because we seem to be all in on it so chase was there was there anything else uh you wanted to say before we sign off here well i just want to say uh i don't think i had to do much pitching on this show i think the first Mm -hmm. episode did it itself and uh you guys obviously seem very interested so i'm just i'm just very happy that that uh you guys loved it as much as I did. Oh, we'll yeah. be having you back on. Hint, yeah, hint, if we link, do link. do season one coverage, you got to come back on with us. Oh, absolutely. I'm coming back. Are you kidding? And then you'll be able to give theories, too, if we uh, do it fast enough. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if it gets to season two to be not in the know and have my own theories, because, you know, obviously I know everything up to season the full season one now. So there's still a lot that's going to happen. Season two, it's I mean. A lot happens in season one, and season two is, is going to be probably even crazier. So, I mean, is it eight episodes in season one? Was it 10? I, th- I think it's not. Am I thinking of Dexter? I think it's 10 and eight. I believe it's 10 in the first season. Mm. 
Yeah, we can vet just that real quick. All. Um, but also, Chase, I want to just ask before we le- leave here of the characters that we talked about being father, mother, Campion, uh, Marcus, and then I guess any of the new kids are fair game too. Who are your favorite characters? Like, who do you like the most? And like, not just from like an acting perspective, but like plot, like who are you most interested in? I think my favorite character acting and plot position is Marcus. Marcus. Okay. Um, okay. He is probably... He's just the most, he's the craziest character in the show. That's he seems like he has a lot of depth. He does. Uh, the actor is Travis Fimmel. Yes. He's also in um, the Vikings TV show. Oh, okay. And um, he's yeah. the main character in that. He is a great actor. His character has, uh, he's, his character goes on a wild ride mm-hmm. too. So, you know, it's every, every character has a, a huge journey mm-hmm. in this season. I think yeah. my favorites would be Marcus and probably Campion as well, as much as I, don't like Campion, but Campion is he has this like huge struggle going on between uh religion and and his beliefs that mother is trying to instill in him. And it's it's really interesting to watch how it unfolds. Makes for good TV, honestly. And confirmed 18 episodes, it's 10 and 8. So season one does have 10 episodes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. This Easily wasn't based bingeable. on a book, right? This is really just Googled that earlier and it doesn't look like it. Just from the mind of Ridley Scott. All right, um, cool. Ridley. Thank you. You gave us a great show. You gave us a great episode of Pitchtown. Like I said, keep an eye out for uh, Raised by Wolves Season 1 recap because there's a high chance it will be coming out. <laughs> but that is going to do it for us, guys. If you like what you heard, our podcast also covers The Last Kingdom, Attack on Titan, Wheel of Time, Dexter, Midnight Mass, Rick and Morty, all different kinds of shows, but all really good shows. If <laughs> I still have this if you want to cough. that's why i laughed i was like all of them are good curse especially (laughs) yeah curse was good uh i still have if you want to toss a coin to your binge town up here uh we do have a patreon up where you can become a binge town homie uh we love our patrons and we appreciate them Uh, we appreciate everybody for listening so follow us on instagram and twitter and hit subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast or the easiest way to do all of that is check us out at bingetowntv.com we were so excited to pitch this episode of Raised by Wolves and this Pitchtown special, and we are so happy to have you here with us. So from everyone at Bingetown and Chase, thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.